Welcome to Being Self-Centered. I'm your host, Corey Hawks-Sitch. I want you to learn about who you are from deep within, to explore your own philosophies and design a life that you love. So give yourself permission today to discover with me how you can be self-centered. We all know that place. We all know that place really, really well. The place where we are stuck in the swamp of mayhem that is accumulated around us in our attempts to figure out this life. It feels like nothing's going your way. It feels like no matter how hard you try, you just can't get through it. There's so many frustrations here. It's heavy. It's so sad. It's dark. It's gloomy. It's overwhelming. There's a lot of shame here, a lot of guilt, a lot of worry, so much fear. You feel like you're in a sinking ship and then you you kick in and you you work really hard and you try some more and you're restless and the anger starts to bubble and the the irritations are sparky. We get judgmental, we get mean, we're defensive, we're offensive. There's this this place where we all it feels like all of the our efforts are working against us. The harder we try, the worse it gets. And so we start to shut down or we start to fight. We start to let go. We start to hold on too tight. We start to renegotiate and come up with new ideas. We become apathetic, listless, lethargic. We start to hunt. We start to be aggressive in trying to push through. But we stay in this sticky swamp of our results. It's like a clanging machine that will never let us rest. We are so exhausted that when we do take a break, we sink. And then we have to fight our way to the top again. And every once in a while, we'll float. Every once in a while, we'll hit a good patch and something's working. We don't know what, we don't know how, but the sun is shining and the water is a little cleaner. And then out of the blue, we hit the bog again. We hit that thick, heavy opposition to our progress. This is where we start to feel stuck. And when we start to feel stuck, We start to add to those feelings of guilt and shame and overwhelm and sadness and anxiousness and feeling depressed and feeling inadequate, feeling insignificant and being incapable. So now we are stuck. We are in this, the harder I try, the worse it gets. The less I try, the worse it gets. It just keeps getting worse. And so we get into this rhythm of hoping for a break, hoping for some clear waters. We have a few things that work, 
little bit of behavior management. If I just did this and this and this, surely things would be better. If I had a few goals, if I was just a little bit more disciplined, if I could really just buckle down and focus, if I worked a little harder, if I tried a little harder, maybe if I take that class, maybe if I listen to another podcast, maybe if I take up running, maybe if I find a hobby, I need a partner. No, I need my family. No, I need a better, all of these things. We keep spinning and sinking and spinning and sinking in this swamp of our results. In all of this suffering, the hard part is trying to decipher what is actually the problem. When we are surrounded With all of these complexities, everything feels like a problem. And we can't find what the real problem is. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to ask yourself, when you're feeling that strong emotion, I want you to ask yourself, so what? And this is a lot harder than it sounds. Ask yourself, so what? What have I got to lose here? What is the ultimate consequence that I'm trying to avoid? What is my fear point? What is the real problem here? And once you find that real problem, you're going to start to see how it all works together. So take a moment and think for yourself right now. What is this strong feeling that I'm that I have that is in opposition to my progress? Am I frustrated? Am I sad? Am I irritated? Am I feeling insignificant? Am I feeling like I don't belong? What is this strong feeling that I'm having? And then ask yourself, so what? So what if you are sad? So what if you are anxious? So what if you don't belong? What, what's the real problem here? And what you'll find is that there's an obstacle to your progress, and that is the real problem. What is the obstacle? Well, I might lose my job. I might lose my family. I might lose my children. I might take part in deteriorating my relationship with my spouse. I might need to be financially dependent. I might lose my home. When you look at what is the fear point here, what is the risk, what are the consequences, what will you lose if this problem isn't dealt with? That's where you're going to define your real problem. So your real problem might sound like something like, I don't have a career that gives me satisfaction. I am not financially sustaining myself. There is great unrest in the family and we are at risk of deteriorating. When you slow this down and look for the real problem, it's a lot harder to define than what you think. It's actually easier to be in the swamp. It's easier to just be frustrated, to just be anxious, to just be depressed, to just be insignificant, to just be lonely. 
it's much harder to define what the real problem is. But once you do, we can start pulling you out of this swamp. Once you start finding what the real problem is, that real problem is a protector for value. What's happening is the problem is trying to alert you that we have a value that we are trying to accomplish. This is our progress. This is where we want to be going. There is a value over here that our problem is standing in our way of. So then when we get to the value and we look, okay, well, I'm actually striving for this value. Why don't I take the problem and move it over into a project? It sounds simple. It is not easy. If we take a problem that's coming from emotional unrest and move that into a project, everything shifts over. Now you're floating on top of the swamp. How do you get out of it? That's the project. But you are no longer overwhelmed by the pull of the swamp. You own it. This is yours now. This is your project. And this project is based on a value that you have. Can you see the trail here? So we have a frustration, and from that we say, okay, so what? We pull out a real problem, and that real problem holds a value for us. It's trying to help us accomplish a value. So that value now becomes the project. I have four ways that are going to help you design and manage your projects. Imagine that you are a business owner. Imagine that you are, you are the lead of a community event. Imagine that you are trying to accomplish a renovation in your home. Imagine that you are on a sports team and you want to collaborate everybody that's on the team and accomplish the win. Imagine all of these things and think of them as projects. When you think about your own project, What is it that you're going to need in order to get that project done? It no longer comes from this place of, fuck my life, I can't can't even. And it turns into, okay, if this was my project, how would I get this accomplished? The first one, support. What do you need? What do you need in order to get that project done? If I was doing a renovation in my kitchen... Um, I'd need a lot of support. I'd need a plumber. I'd need an electrician. I would probably need a designer. I'd need materials. I'd need somebody who knew about the materials. I need an inspector. I'd need permits. All of these things are important support systems to help me get to the accomplished task that I want. I want to accomplish this project and I'm going to need support. Who do I call in and where do I get the resources for that support? The second thing I want you to think about is information. What do you know about the project? What have you been taught about the project? 
What do you not know about the project? You're going to come into this project with so many biases and so many really important lessons that you've already learned that have taught you that this is a project that needs to be done. So what do you already know? What are your biases here? And then have a look at what do you not know? What do you need to learn? How are your biases tainting the results of the project so you slip back into the frustrations? Have a look at the things that you haven't even considered knowing. This is where we expand our understanding and learn the things that we don't know yet. This is going to help us facilitate the resources that we need in order to fulfill and manage and design our project. The third thing I want you to think about is measurements. Not only the measurements of your own laws and beliefs on how the project should or shouldn't be, which goes back to support and goes back to information, but also the measurements of how will I know when it's working? How will I know when the project's actually done? How will I know when the project isn't working for real? Not just because it, it's hard and it's frustrating, but how will I actually know that this project isn't working? What are my measurements? And finally, I want you to look at a way to design and manage your project is through strategy. How are you going to put all of this together? This is your experimental stage. This is where you are testing and retesting what's going to work, what isn't going to work. How do I put these puzzle pieces together so that I can have a project that's successful? What are the obstacles that are standing in my way? Where am I feeling that resistance, that opposition? the discomfort, the friction, the tension. Where are those things coming up that make me feel like I'm back in the swamp, but it's actually a way that I am architecturally designing and also maintaining the progress of the project. Things are going to need to change as we go along. It's going to be a fluid experiment. Likewise, what's working? Where am I getting my inspiration? Where am I getting energy? Where am I getting new creativity? Where am I feeling leaps of momentum? In this space of strategy, it's going to be really important that you are always in honest evaluation that again isn't bias in your information, but is really formulating a way that this project can be done. This is where leadership is really important for you to be upholding the focus of the task and the adjustments that need to be made that are great for you, that make this project successful. Here's the thing. When you get to this point and you are actually designing a project, this is way fucking harder than you think. Yeah, there's goal setting and ways that we can, you know, set our sights on a thing that we want to get to. This is different. When we have a true understanding 
of what it is we are trying to accomplish behind the value. It isn't just this is a thing I want, or this is a pain that I want to stop. This is about how do I enhance my life in a way where I am in authority and I design the project and I manage the project and I watch the results come in. So let's take a couple of the most common examples that are plaguing our world right now in depression and anxiety. Let's do depression first. I feel depressed. I'm sad. I'm even apathetic. I don't care anymore. I've lost interest in the things I used to love. I feel like nobody likes me. I feel like I've got nothing to give. I am so exhausted. I'm burnt out. I can't even come up with good ideas anymore. I just want to sleep and sleep doesn't come. I want to rest and rest doesn't come. So what? What's the real problem here? So what if you're sad? So what if you feel like you don't belong? So what if you feel like you just don't want to participate anymore? So what? What's the real problem? The real problem for most of us when we are in that depressive time is there's a great loss that we're worried about. I might lose my job. I might lose my family. I have lost my sense of self. This is a problem. And why is that a problem? Because I value my family. I value my sense of self. I value having a professional impact in the world where I'm satisfied. Okay, so now you have a problem and you have a value. What's the project? Well, the project becomes self-sustainability. I need to sustain myself so that I am in abundance, so that I am not suffering loss. I want to have a project where I am replenishing myself what I need, and then I can be generous with the things that I have. So what support do I need in order to be self-sustaining? Well, I know that people who believe in me are A, B, C. I need to call them in right now. I also know that this has worked for me before and this has worked for me before in replenishing my energy tank, replenishing my inspiration, replenishing my hope. I need to call that support in. What information do I need? Well, I think I suck. I think nobody gives a shit. I think I'm not going to be good at it anyways. I've always been told that I'm this and I'm that. Okay, so those are really important pieces of information, but they're heavily biased. What else do you need to know? What else do you need to learn? Well, I need to learn. Maybe I'm not so bad at that. I need to learn that maybe I'm really great at something else I haven't even found yet. I need to learn that my sustainability actually doesn't come from this thing over here. It actually comes from this thing over here. So now I'm starting to contaminate this idea, this bias that I have, and I'm bringing in new information. And what are my measurements? How will I know I'm not depressed? I'll feel better? No. (laughs) No, 
Really happy people feel like shit sometimes. Really healthy people actually suffer a lot. So so how will you know when you are self-sustaining? How will you know? What are your measurements? Okay, well, I feel confident in myself when I walk into a room of people who might not like me. I'm able to hold myself in my center self and know it's okay if you don't like me. It doesn't mean I'm not worthy. That's a measurement. I'm going to go and talk to my boss about how I can develop my career in new ways that bring satisfaction. Or I'm going to go talk to a, because I'm pulling in my support, I'm going to talk to a career counselor who's going to walk me through new and exciting areas that I could have impact in my industry. The measurement will be, I'm making changes and I'm discovering new things and I'm, I've got really beautiful decisions ahead of me. I've created opportunity for myself. These are measurements. Some measurements might feel like strategies, but a strategy is how do I get to the point where I can bring the results of the measurements? So when we're feeling this heavy inability, what do we need in order to strategize new life, new energy, new lightness? Well, in order to do that, we need to really understand how our puzzle pieces work together. I'm much more energetic in the morning. Okay, so my strategy is going to be, I'm going to not drain that energy or boycott that energy in the morning. I'm going to multiply that energy. I'm also not going to beat myself up when my energy is low. I'm going to rest. So what I'm going to do in this strategy is I'm going to develop a routine where I am balancing the ebb and flow of the natural rhythm of my life. I'm going to be paying attention on what makes most sense. How can I strategically manage these things in my life that are important to me? How am I going to be a steward of these things? How do I account and formulate and maneuver these pieces in a way where they support me? They strategize for my success. How do I find the energy to go talk to my boss? Being able to talk to my boss is a measurement. Knowing how to get my energy and my confidence and my bravery and take that shower and count to 10 and walk in that room and have that conversation. What do I need in order to get to that point? The strategy is where we pull in the support the information, and the measurements that we're working for in a way that we can mechanically balance our ecosystem so that our project can be a success. So now what has gone from fuck my life has turned into I am working on a self-sustaining project. Let's look at anxiety. I'm frustrated. I'm irritable. I'm judgmental. I'm aggressive. I'm mean. I'm angry. I have no tolerance for anything. I'm hypervigilant. I'm shaking. I'm out of breath. 
I can't even think straight. I have a monkey mind. I feel like I'm late. I feel like everybody hates me. I feel like I'm letting everybody down. What's the problem? So what? So what if you are a manic hot mess? Who cares? What's, what's the problem here? Well, if I keep trying to outrun my fear, I actually become incapable of handling the bad things when they come. Oh, well, that's a problem. You found a problem. You're so worried about outrunning the horrible thing that you're too tired to deal with a horrible thing if it arrives. That's a problem because life sucks. It's hard. Shit's going to happen. And you, of all people who are keen on being ready for bad things to happen through your anxiety, you're taking yourself out before you even get started. What's the point? So the the real problem is I'm incapable of handling bad things. Okay, so where's the value in that? What's the value behind being incapable? Well, the value is I want to be strong. I want to be steady. I want to be sure of who I am and how I need to handle a tough life and a good life. So I don't ruin the good things by thinking bad things are coming and then I'm too tired for the bad things when they actually show up. The value that I want is I want that readiness and that assurance that I can trust myself. Well, now you have a project. Stress management is the project. So what do you need? What do you need in order to handle incoming stress? What support do you call on? This person is really smart. This person gets me and knows where my weaknesses are. This person is really good at walking me through hard times. This person completely believes in me. As hard as I try and talk them out of it, they are always thinking I'm capable. I also need support from my professional world. Great coach or counselor. I also need a friend group. I need them to pull me in and and help me equalize with just hope and humor. And being able to just share space in crisislessness. The information I need to look for is found in places where there's actual management for stress that works. There's techniques that work. There's modalities that work that I haven't even discovered yet. There are factors that are contributing to the scientific cause and effect of the things that are stressing me out that I have full access to, that I can work with in a mechanical way that can reduce the effects of the stress or can even prevent it altogether. There's biases that I go into the stress with that actually sabotage my best efforts. There's things I assume about these stresses that come in that help me become defeated, that actually support my opponent against me. And the measurement that I want to look at How will I know that I'm managing my stress? I'll be happy. I'll feel better. Nope. A lot of healthy people suffer greatly. How will I know if I'm managing my stress? Well, I'll be able to go into a high adrenaline state and be able to anchor into my center. 
I'll be able to go into an intense conversation and have access to really articulate, calm, intelligent words. I will be able to go into a crisis or a stress or a trauma and know the difference. I will be able to access my recovery techniques immediately. I will have those supports on standby and I will be forever learning through my information. These are the measurements that I know I will be able to handle my stress. So how am I going to put all this together? How am I going to assess the support that I need, the information that I have, and the measurements that I know whether I am progressing or degressing from the results that I want? Well, this is going to take strategy. When we are anxious, we feel like we are under attack. This is very stressful. So how do we manage that stress? Well, as if we were going to be bombarded by an offender, we need to have strong defense. We need to know the strategies that protect us, that provide for us, that keep us safe, that keep us strong, that keep us alert, but not in a way where we are wide-eyed in the middle of the night, greatly anticipating danger. The strategy is to target the stress and mitigate it before it even comes. So that when external natural stress comes, we already have a system in place that will support us through that. We are also pre-planning potential risk that is coming so that we know how we are going to play that through. It isn't just an overwhelming state of fear where our stress becomes the dominant dictator of our life, we are in authority. We are strategizing incoming stress. This helps us pull together all of the support and information and measurements that we have in a way that we can actually go through stress with a sense of calm, a sense of challenge, alertness, clarity, and assurance that whatever we are going through, we can trust ourselves. So when we look at those two examples, we can look at the thick, heavy depression and how it can move into a project of self-sustainability. And we can look at the frantic anxiousness and how it can move into stress management. What's really important for you to understand here is that this is what being self-centered is all about. You own all of this. You own your feelings. You own the attempts to soothe or rectify those feelings. You own the problems. You also own the values that those problems are trying to protect. And you get to own The project, you get to design it however you feel you need to do that. All of the little ways that you know works for you, or all of the little ways that you haven't even discovered works for you. This is your design because you own the project, because you own the value, because you own the problem, because you own the feelings. All of this is yours. 
And when we are self-centered, we can stand in the authority and the leadership of those projects and bring up the results, bring forward the measurements, call in the support team, explore all of the things that we need to learn and experiment with our strategies so that we can find success and design a life that we love. So what I want you to do today is check in. Have a look at those feelings that are coming up all over the place. The really deep, thick, heavy ones, and the frantic, manic, aggressive ones. Lean in and listen. What is the real problem here? Go through this process. Because when we have feelings that are so strong that they are inhibiting our quality of life and they are inhibiting the ability that we have to design our life, they're trying to tell us something. Emotions are just symptoms. And they're symptoms of problems that are protecting values. And from that, we can create these incredible opportunities. So when you're feeling those huge emotions or the lack of emotions in a huge way, settle into asking yourself, what is the real problem? What is my value here? And how do I make a project so that that value can come into my life so that I am designing a life that